I'm ready. I miss your voice. <laughs> I miss your presence. I miss your mullet. I, got a, I do have a mullet, don't I? Yeah, it gets longer every day. Hey, That's Garrett. Right here. Where's Brandon? Did you guys miss me too? There you go, right? I absolutely missed you, and uh, I want—I got your book. I did finish it, That's and it's right. fantastic. You can turn down the bumper know, music gee, now. Yeah, Garrett, yeah. what are you doing back here? Yeah, yeah. Getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so glad you're back, but it looked like you had a fun trip. But we had definitely missed trip. you. Hey, that's, that's Brandon Bastrom. He's the uh, the general manager of our show. Actually, he's the the uh, he's everything. He controls everything. And my buddy Mark Lukey is to my left. Is uh, he assistant producer or assistant I just to push the buttons. I'm a button pusher. Yeah, you're a button pusher. <laughs> Without you, man, we're toast, and you know it. Bored uh, up. Brandon's talking about a book that I loaned him about three weeks ago, and it's called It's the Life Story of of uh, Tommy James from and, Tommy James and the Shondells. Yeah. And what's it called again? Uh, the Mob, the Music, and Me. Something. It might be a different Me, the Mob, the yeah, Music. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's yeah, one cool. hell of a ride, the story of Tommy <laughs> James and the Shondells. But uh, I was blown away by it. Like There was a lot of stuff that I did kind of know in the music industry, but... Uh, I mean, it was pretty wild, like the the connection of the mafia and the way that things Crazy. were run back then. But the thing that really stuck out to me was that the monkeys at that point in time were making like half a million dollars doing a gig. They were getting more than the Beatles, right? More than I mean, because they had a hit TV show, they had the singles, they had all that. But so the monkeys were making and, half a million. I used to Jones watch that was, show. And Davy Jones was cute. The TV right? show that was, was pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. hilarious, good stuff. Hey, but, welcome uh, to the Four Outdoorsman. Everybody, Strewman's back in town. My buddy Mark Lukey again is next to me, and uh, boy, I tell you what, my wife and I just came back from one hell of a vacation, pal. We had fun. You've been gone for two weeks now, so so we're going to relay that entire trip, talk about it, tell, talk about some of the people that you're with, tell us what happened. Well, I'll tell you what, when we first hopped on this bus, I said to Diana, honey, these are all old people. <laughs> she says... You're one of them, you know. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, just like it's look in the mirror sometimes, right? But we had a great time. We went to uh, to uh, the Albuquerque for the world's largest hot air balloon festival, which is a week long expedition thing, you know, and it was wonderful. But you got to get there, you know. It's always the journey, not the destination, and it's all about people. It's all about developing relationships and and making things as good as you possibly can. And we were lucky because we went with um, Heart of the North Tours. The guy who owns it is Mike uh, Mike DeRozier and his wife. I don't know his wife's name. Nice guy. He was hands-on the entire time. They had someone pick us up at our house and drive down to Egan, uh, where the buses take off, and meet everybody, and dot, 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 dot. And uh, so Mike's a great guy. Hopefully we can use him again some other time because it, it was a great experience. And Does uh, he do other tours, or yeah. is it? Yeah, I'm trying to talk him into a baseball tour. He's not tour. a one, one balloon pony? No, <laughs> No, he's not. He's been in this gig for a long, long time. And uh, I don't even know how many buses he has. I know also, I think there were people going down to uh, uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia or something the same time down there by Dolly World, or what the hell it's called, you know. Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Shenandoah yeah. River. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, John Denver's full of. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he is. He is. But anyway, so uh, we had about 18 or 20 people or so on the bus and. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Art and Kathy. Kathy's pretty much in charge of this show. Art and Kathy uh, Krops, uh, Kopseng is their name, or maybe Kopseng, K O P S E N G. They were our tour guides. I think Kathy is the one that I think Art just goes along for a ride and causes trouble. You know, he's one of those guys, mm-hmm. kind of like me. <laughs> and uh, uh, she said, "Whatever you do, you're gonna meet with this. My husband, Mark, 
my, my, my husband, Art, don't believe 90% of the stuff he says. And she was right. She, uh, but they were wonderful people, man. And they were in charge of the whole show. And shout-out to those guys for taking care of us. Shout-out to the, the bus driver's name is Steve. I think the bus company was called Northland, I think. And uh, this last name is are you all the listeners. Hey, Brandon or, or Garrett, who are back there, tell me how this is pronounced. Our bus driver's name was Steve, B-R-E-L-J-E. B-R-E-L-J-E. And as I'm, I'm going to say... Is Brelgy. it Belgy? Belgy, with an R. I don't know. There's Brelgy. an R in there, I think. Uh, he said that his wife uh, says it sounds like a, a... I think he said a blind German or something. Didn't she say? I forget what she said. That'd be Brailgy. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah, Brailgy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Steve, you know. Hell, I don't know. Brailgy. Yeah, people want sex. Yeah, people, all the, a lot of kids want sex changes. You have to have a name change, man. This would drive people crazy, but it's got to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> But we had a lot of fun, but uh, did a lot of things as well. The balloon thing is unbelievable. So. Well, tell us about it. It's the world's largest balloon festival. Yeah, there's there were people. And you didn't go on a balloon at the world's largest balloon no, festival? No, we, we didn't have time. When you're on a tour, you're, what? you have a schedule. You didn't have time. You, you were there for schedule. five days. All these old people got to pee a lot. You know, you <laughs> are on a schedule. You don't have time to go up in the hot air How balloon. many hot air, full of hot air jokes were there about you? In particular, uh, that's a good question. I bet I didn't hear what any was of them. The over under ten? Uh, I don't know. There had to be a lot, okay, but I didn't. Good. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. And I, I felt. Uh, I told Diane. I promised her that uh, I'd be good and not do stupid stuff. And she knew that it was only a matter of time. Uh, so I had to, you know, when I'm in a when I'm in a metal box that's rolling down a highway and nobody can get out, I got to tell some stories. And uh, so I did. And uh, but I. I kept them really clean, and uh, well, that's good. Yeah, but yeah, well, there was probably when you go out here, when we, we we stopped at a lot of places. When you're on this tour with with Heart of the North uh, uh, tours and a lot of other tours, I'm sure bus tours, you stop every couple of hours because mm-hmm. you just can't you gotta pee. It's what well, you got. People got to smoke. Gotta eat, you got to yeah. Some people on our bus even had to smoke, which I was surprised. Um, but it's you just can't sit in a bus for six or seven hours. And so every stop we had something to do. There was little, little tours and little things to see. We saw like the Cadillac Ranch, which is about looking at the box of the big bolt ball of twine, you know, or like Chevy Chase looking at the Grand Canyon, nodding his head and saying, "Okay, let's get the hell out is of that here." Like the sculpture gardens heading to uh, your cabin in Chitek, you oh, know, yeah. th- where there's just like weird stuff sticking out of the ground and yeah. all that. Yeah, it's, that's that's what it was. There were Cadillacs st- sticking nose first in the ground. Probably eight Cadillacs of all different. Eras, I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. And he got some rich guy decided to take seven old Cadillacs and bury them nose down, and it became a big deal. So people now go there and stop and look at these Cadillacs and nod their head. But now there's a they spray paint them. Everyone bring not everybody, but a lot of people bring a can of spray paint and do their graffiti on it and all that kind Did of. Did you bring it. yours? Heck no. You had nah. one in your back pocket? Nope, no, I didn't. I, I had a sharpie, and no one asked me for an autograph. <laughs> uh, that was a little frustrating, but. Uh, but we did a lot of cool things. We we did a lot of tours. We uh, we stopped. Oh, I tell you what. Let's talk about the balloons first. When we on the way out there, we were on a schedule, and we were going to stop at our hotel at about four thirty because there's a thing called like I think it's called Moon Glow, at like six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night when it starts getting dark, and they the, a lot of the balloons are tethered. They're not going anyplace at night, and they all at once will light their their propane. <laughs> You know, and light these things up in mm-hmm. different times. It's just really, really, really supposed to be beautiful. And so we were going to stop at our hotel at 4, 4.30. 
and then take a time, freshen up, and hop on the bus, get back to the balloon festival at about 6, something like that. Well, there was a big car accident in front of us on whatever highway it is. And we were stuck literally for two hours. Yes. I mean, nobody's going anyplace. There were semis for miles, both directions. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm pretty good at BSing, but this is not an exaggeration. We were stuck for two hours to the point where people got out of the vehicles, walking up and down the highway, talking to other truck drivers. And then we, since we were behind, we didn't have time to stop at the hotel. Now, here again, we're with a lot of seniors, okay? Um, you, you need to move around. You've got things you've, oh, got yeah. to, you've got to take care of. You have to move around a lot. Yes, you've got to move around. Anyway, well, we didn't have time to stop at the hotel. And it's been a long day on the bus. So we went right from where we were last, wherever that was, Wichita, Kansas, I think, and someplace like that. Went to Albuquerque, went right to the Balloon Festival, and we had an area called Chasers where we could go in. We had a, a wristband because we're on the bus tour, thanks to uh, uh, Heart of the North Tours. And we were very close to all the balloons. And you could walk around all these balloons and talk to the pilots and ask them questions and watch them blow up their balloons. It was just neat. But by the time we got out of there, it's 8.30, 9 o'clock. We went back to the hotel, get back to, it's, now it's 9, 9.30. We had to get up at 3.30 the next morning to be at this festival by 5.15 or so because that's when they start blowing the balloons up and getting ready for yep. the big liftoff at 6.30 or something like that. And it was a long day. Getting up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning was a hard for, – for a lot of people, oh, yeah. it had to be tough. It's a hard – because some of these people aren't in perfect condition. You know, it's, right. there's, there's issues. We all have issues, you know. But to get there – it sounded like a lot of work, and it was kind of a lot of work doing that to get there. But once you see all those balloons starting to inflate, and then seeing, and there's an announcer giving ideas as to what's happening the entire time. What do these balloons cost? How big is this one? All about this. And you, get, you learn a lot. And then to watch them all lift up in three different phases. There was four or 500 balloons at the same time in the air. It is absolutely astonishing. What was the... M- most interesting design balloon you, you saw? Um, like, they're not all perfectly round, no, right? There's no, some weird ones. no. There was, funny you ask, because I took, I took some notes here. Uh, let's see, we had, uh, and I don't know where the notes are. There was a uh, an elephant. There was a sloth, Darth Vader balloon, uh, a penguin, a devil. Uh, there was a whole bunch of different shapes and sizes, and they're all up in the air. And... And from little two-man balloons all the way up to five, six, seven, eight-person balloons. And uh, it was really, really cool. So you got to see them take off. And then a couple of hours later, you got to see them all come down and land within minutes of each other and, and try not to run into each other. Uh, it just, it's just a cool I – mean, we had such beautiful skies. Awesome. It, it was just a, a – How many really people cool. attend this kind of thing? I think the day – that we were there, I think they said 8,000. Wow. I think that's what they said because we went from there after the morning uh, when the balloons took off. We went from there and took a ride to Santa Fe. I think it was the same day. Maybe it was the next day. But we went to Santa Fe, which is a beautiful town. I felt like I was at the State Fair, the Minnesota State Fair. There's an awful lot of people. So it wasn't as neat as you would like yeah. it to be because there's so much character and there's so much history there and all that. And we did a walking tour and all that. It was it was very interesting, but a lot of people. So everybody had the same idea. Hey, let's go to Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was cool. Yeah. Do you know the way to Santa? Santa. Uh, who sang it? 
I don't know. I bet, San Jose, though. I bet. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Art, uh, Kathy's husband, Art, and he does asks those all the little trivia questions all the time as well. But a lot of good people up there. There was, uh, you know, a lady named Stacia sat behind Diana the entire time, but she was a great lady. A uh, lady named Ann. I think her name was Ann. I felt bad for Ann. She had a handicapped room, and she did a digger in the bath. bath oh, yeah. ouch. And she, uh, I've seen black eyes before, not like this. This oh, lady, no. this lady got beat up, Uh-oh. but she took it all in star stride, and she was sore for a couple of days, and she just kept on going. Uh, she was a great lady, um, a lady named, they called her Joe. I think her name was Marie Joe or Joe Marie, and she was in a walker. We had a couple people in walkers, and uh, I, I was kind of giving her sass sometimes because, you know, she was telling me, she's a nice, nice lady. She said she was had a second second uh, decisions about coming because maybe she was going to be a burden. Who gives a rat's butt? Get your butt out there. Let's see right. this stuff. Yep. How many chances are you going to have an opportunity to be with within 100 feet of 500 balloons heading up the same? It's an experience that you're never going to see again. I would definitely do it again. I would love to take my grandkids out there. Not necessarily even just the tour itself, but just to go see the entire event. It is really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What a, what a great thing to do. Are you sad you missed playoffs and all that stuff with the Twins? Ah, uh, not really. You know, I, yeah. I got Art and I, Art's a baseball guy. And uh, and I found a live streaming on my phone as well, so I was catching up with quite a bit of it. But we just do, you know, it's, yeah, I, I guess I missed that part of it. But if I had a choice, of course, I'm doing exactly what I did. Right. And uh, Heart of the North Tours, they really, really take care of you. The hotels you stay at, the food you have. I mean, I'm I'm a little guy and I can afford it, but... I gained four pounds, and uh, I never gained four pounds. I never gained. Four You'll pounds. lose in a hurry. You're always yeah, uh, squirreling yeah. around. Had some great, uh, great, great tours of uh, of museums and all that. We went to the uh, New Mexico History Museum, the Quarter Horse Museum, and Hall of Fame, which was really, really cool. I think that was in Oklahoma. I think maybe that was Texas. Don't even know, but I really enjoyed that. Uh, we took a beautiful tra- uh, tram, an aerial tramway up the side of a mountain which was kind of intimidating, <laughs> but really a lot of fun. That's called, it was called the Sandia Par- Peak Aerial Tramway. I think that was, that was in, in Santa Fe, if I remember. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Pueblo India, India Pueblo uh, Cultural Center was nice. And the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, I would go back there because we just ran out of time. That is absolutely amazing. You're always busy doing something and having a lot of fun. And we had great people. Played games on the bus like old people, but uh, it, it was just a wonderful experience. So, again, thanks to uh, Heart of the North Tours and thanks to Art and Kathy for taking care of us because it was a great experience. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Sounds like you had a great time. We're glad to have you back. We have a great show for everyone tonight. Why don't you tell the guests who are on tonight on the Four Doorsman? Let's see. we got John Hoyer. John Hoyer is going to be on, I think, if, you got it, if he found his elk. I think he found his elk. John Hoyer has won the last two NWT, that's the National Walleye Tour Fishing Tournaments, fishing titles, and he's won them both back-to-back, which is extremely wow. rare. He's a young guy from Minnetonka, and he's a good guy. Uh, last I talked to him yesterday, whatever, he was just he was trying to find an elk. That how, he long, how long till you're considered a dynasty? Is that three? So you have to win three? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. That's got to be it, yeah, yeah. I wonder if anyone has won three in a row. No, no one's. In, well, I don't think anyone's won two in a row. I don't think. We'll have to figure it out. I don't think so. We're going to ask John Hoyer. He's going to be on. He's going to talk about the walleye tournament in, in uh, Devil's Lake from a couple of weeks back. 
And then uh, we talk about his elk hunting. Then at 640, we've got a young man named Adam Jackson who has a 16-year-old kid that decided he wanted to go to Alaska, and he did just that. So we're going to talk to him about Alaska. Awesome. We have some shout-outs we'll get through here quick. First shout-out is to my sister, Lisa, from Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin. It is her birthday today, so happy birthday, Lisa. I love you very much. My mom's birthday was last Friday on the 13th, and uh, happy birthday to my mom. I know they're visiting each other this weekend. A uh, couple shout-outs here. Bill Katz is in Palm Springs right now, 98 degrees. Have a great show, he says. He's got uh, he's got a nice mustache going next to the pool. He looks like he's having a great time. Um, John Marshall's son, Caden Marshall, got it done Thursday night. First deer with a bow. Congratulations, Caden. You are one hell of an outdoorsman. Ron Nielsen says, from Goosen, the last two mornings and bow hunting in the evening, cited the kids' guns for youth hunt next weekend. And a little plinking as well falls the best time of year. Speaking of that, I went to the uh, Bill's gun shop actually near my house to sight in for youth hunt for Nick. He's ready to, we got a new rifle for him and he sighted in. He, he was bullseye right down the middle. So we're ready to roll, man. He's pretty excited. We're going to go with his friend Oliver and, and uh, Oliver's dad, Jim, who's been on the show. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. We did the same trip last year, but but uh, Nick couldn't shoot because he was nine, but he can shoot this year. So. Where are you going? Uh, up by Boy Lake and Woman Lake, that area on some public land, and um, a lot of deer sign in the area. I think we're going to see something, so I, I hope he shoots something. Uh, how old is Nick? Nick is... He's 10. He's 10. He's, so, he, yep. Well, be, I'll uh, give you the story about this kid. Maybe he knows about it already. This 10-year-old kid's 13 right now, but he got himself a massive elk in uh, northern Minnesota. It was an 8x10, dressed out at 950 pounds. It's, it's going to be a state record, give or take. 13 years old. His first deer he ever got at the age of 10 was an eight-point buck that, that scored 168. Wow. That's crazy. Ten-year-old kid. That's crazy. That uh, I'll be happy with a little doe, yeah. Nick and his, and yeah. his first son. Oh, what an experience, but just uh, just to get him outside, keep him outside, mm-hmm. keep him off those video games and all that. We hope to do some muskie fishing, too, up there. There's muskies in yeah. the area. So Hey, one more little shout-out to a young lady named uh, Millie. I think Millie is 78. Maybe she's 80. She was on the bus with us, but she was one of the people on the bus who listens to Bob FM. Awesome. Yeah, so Millie, thanks for doing that, and uh, everybody else on the bus Kathy and Art and uh, Gene and Ola and me and Diana, Laura, Teresa, Gary and Bev, everybody. Thanks for joining us and thanks for making the trip so much fun. Hopefully we'll be on another trip together in a year or so. Maybe the maybe a ballpark tour, uh, Mike, a ballpark tour for 2024. Sounds good. Hey, we're going to be right back, right? We are going to be back with John Hoyer, winner of the National Wildlife Tour. You bet. You're listening to The Four Outdoorsmen, part of Bob Outdoors. Dezeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new efficient equipment that comes with a free industry-leading warranty and may qualify for additional rebates. For details, call Dezeal's Comfort Consultants or go to DezealHVAC.com. 
Hey, we all know Ely is home to some of the best fishing in all of Minnesota, and we brag that Arrowhead Outdoors is also the best bait and tackle shop in the entire area, and it is. For the second year in a row, Arrowhead Outdoors has been voted the very best fishing outfitter in the entire state, according to the readers of the Minneapolis Star and Tribune. That's a big deal. The best, not second, not third, the best. Hey, next time you're in Ely, stop by Arrowhead Outdoors and congratulate Chris and Steve and find out what makes Arrowhead Outdoors truly number one. And thank you. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. I feel so tense and worried all the time. Is this anxiety? Mental Health Minnesota is here to help seven days a week with resources, peer support, online screenings, connections to treatment and crisis services. It's anonymous, confidential, and free of charge. Whether you're living with a mental health condition, are concerned about someone you love, or could use some support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you. MentalHealthMN.org. Sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Forgetfulness happens to almost everyone. Where are my keys? What was that guy's name again? But a loss of memory that continues to worsen might be a good time to start a conversation about Alzheimer's with your healthcare provider. The most common early symptom of Alzheimer's is difficulty remembering newly learned information. There are medications that may help lessen symptoms. Learn more about Alzheimer's from the Minnesota Academy of PAs at minnesotapa.org. Total Country All right, we're back to the four outdoorsmen, everybody. Screwman here, Steve Strusinski. My buddy Mark Lukey is next to me. But hey, before we get to John Hoyer, our buddy, great fisherman, hunter, John Hoyer, my pretty wife, one of the um, the, the bus drivers, Steve, from uh, the tour we just took, said, you must have to do a lot of research. Oh, I do, I do. 
I, so I, 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 the, the joke around here is I, I got all the stories right, but I have the facts incorrect. And I did it again. So my wife, Diana, texts me, the, the lady with the black eyes, Jane, and the number of people was 800,000, not 8,000. So, okay, Diana, I, I believe you. 800,000? That's what she said, no yeah. No way. Well, that's what she told me. Wow. Okay, so anyway, so we, now we got it straight, I think. Hey, John Hoyer, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me, Strew. Yeah, boy, you sound you sound good. You must have got that elk. Did you find the elk? Uh, no, very sad story. I did not find the elk. That's rare. That is a that is a surprise. Uh, I'll tell you what, before we get into your winning the NWT for the second time, which is amazing, and congratulations, let's talk about the elk, okay, because... Uh, you didn't you go antelope hunting and then all hunting? What what did you do the last week or two? You've been really busy. Uh, yeah, so right after Devil's Lake, I had my bow and arrow with me, <laughs> and um, I headed straight out to Montana, and we were actually hunting kind of southeast Montana. But I had an antelope and an elk tag, and I guess I still have a deer tag too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I went on a vacation, a hunting vacation, and I hunted for like sixteen days straight. <laughs> John, did you haul your boat around that whole time, or did you park it in Walmart in Devil's Lake? <laughs> uh, no, my friends from Aquatraction, I uh, parked it in their shop in Bismarck. So <laughs> perfect. I was, was going to say hammer down. <laughs> yeah, you could haul a lot of elk in that thing. Just you know, throw everything in the back. But uh, that's probably smart for gas mileage to drop it off. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about that. I mean, I was thinking along those lines. I had borrowed another big Yeti cooler. I had two others of my own with. And lo and behold, I didn't get an elk in like 20 days of hunting. So maybe next year I'm just going to go with like a tarp <laughs> and, you know, some like in a credit card to buy some bags of ice or something. Did you uh, did you go with guides or did you uh, do your own thing and find public land or how how did this elk hunt come about? Uh, the elk hunt came about like a lot of things in my life. <laughs> Literally a blessing dropped from the skies. Um, my my friend Wayne Wilcox, who used to fish on the National Walleye Tour, now his son has kind of taken his place. Owen Wilcox. Um, I literally took a picture of a huge walleye for him at Lake Oahe like three or four years ago. And uh, texted it to him, and then we talked on the way home, and he talked about elk hunting, and I was like, uh, I think you got me confused with somebody in a little different tax bracket. <laughs> and, you know, he told me, he's like, well, when, uh, you know, the owner of the Montana Hunt Company, you know, maybe there's some exceptions. So um, last year was my first year elk hunting, and that was, I mean, a sign I will be in Montana in September for the rest of my life. Well, it works out nicely with the end of your tour, I guess. So there you go. You you have, if you make it an annual thing, you can't miss it. So that's the way to do it. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of good luck because the last two years we've had like celebration dinners. You know, once I show up in camp, so it's a it's a good pattern if you can get it. We're talking with John Hoyer. John Hoyer is a young man from Minnetonka who won the NWT last year. On Lake Erie this year, he won the NWT title again on Devil's Lake. Where is it going to be in 2024? It is going to be on Lake Huron, um, and we're going out of basically in between Saginaw Bay, which is world-renowned walleye fishing, 
And then to the north is Thunder Bay. So a town in between those two, but it's the west side of Lake Huron. Unfortunately, that's a long way from Montana, pal. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not like going from Devil's Lake and keep heading west, whatever it was. But yeah, you can drop your boat off at oh. my house. Yeah, you can drop your boat off at Lukey's house in Lionel Lakes and keep on going. Yeah, good for you. That'll be fine. You guys, you guys can use it for a few weeks while I'm gone. Go ahead. Well, I, I've got my sharpie, man. I'll tell people I'm John Hoyer and all that. That's, yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Hey, tell us about on the elk hunt. Did you did you get an antelope? You got an antelope, right? Yeah. So I shot my first antelope and. Um, it was an 80-incher, so I I guess, like, that's a giant antelope. And, you know, with a rifle, Boone and Crockett's 82 inches. I didn't know anything about scoring, but when we went to this big prairie piece, the the animals I was looking at, I'm like, those are bigger than the ones I've seen shot on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so, and they're on private land, and they're super friendly, like, to the point where they're almost curious to a fault. Um <laughs> But even then, I probably had eight or nine failed stocks in like three days, and then it just lined up perfect where they're by this ridge. I was able to sneak up the ridge, up the draw, and when I came over the hill, the thing was at like 80 yards walking towards me, and I just ducked back down, had them at 60, and pulled up in the wind and waited for the gust to stop, and then just started squeezing the release, and the arrow went off perfect, and I, I smoked them at 60 yards. Wow, that's a long shot. Well done, sir. And uh, what what does yeah. an, what does antelope meat taste like? Well, I think it might be human nature, but everyone I talked to is like that's the best. <laughs> I thought elk and, was, elk was the best. Moose is yeah. Good. Well, until you start talking a little more, but I'm like, yeah, it's probably because it's the smallest. They're the fastest, you know. I'm sure. Uh, anything shot with a bow tastes better too. I've learned. So. I, know, I know you're a, more of a fisherman than a hunter because that's how you make a living, but. Uh, one of these days, you're going to have to go out and kill one of those sandhill cranes. That's what they call that. Ribeye in the sky. Ribeye in the sky. And I heard that's the best <laughs> of all of it. Who knows, right? Who John's knows? right. They say that about every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I've that, also heard loon is really good. Yeah. Too, <laughs> loon and eagle. Yeah. yeah they taste like have chicken. Wonderful drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> Fry them up. Hey, I like, now, okay. Got the, got the antelope. We'll get your fishing eventually here, but I want to hear about the, the elk thing because that's got to be a, a little disturbing to you personally because you're an outdoor person, you're a conservationist. Tell us about the elk hunt. How long did it take you to see the elk that you tried to harvest and go from there? Yeah, so in 20 days, I mean, I had life-changing elk encounters, and, you know, every day I would get goosebumps, and, you know, the I have a camera guy with me each day, and, you could tell their emotions would be going up and down and everybody in camp. It's like kind of a roller coaster of emotions. It's really tough to get close. Yeah. But you know, every day I look around and it's like, Oh no, the elk never came in to bow range, you know, but it's like cry me a river. Look at what we're doing here. Yeah, so, right. Right. Um, it's not the destination. Was, it's the journey. You're right. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so there was this one bull. It was an eight by six, just a giant bull. And I had seen it, um, probably five days earlier, and then the rut really started kicking in, and it was like this foggy morning. We're on top of this knob, and these bulls are just screaming as they're coming up the mountain, and your heart's pumping, and all of a sudden these cows come right past me at 15 yards, another two come past me, and then here's the 8 by 6 And he had eight on his left, and he had six on his right, and he comes running in to herd the bulls back the other, or the cows back the other way, 
and we'd heard this huge collision like 20 minutes earlier, a fight. Yeah, wow. And I looked, and he had broken off his fifth and his sixth, which are the last two points on his on his six-point side, right. and it was just this big, white, broken-off piece of antler there. And I looked at it, and I just experienced my friend Lee Lakoski shot the day before his biggest bull ever, and he had us all in tears when he was telling us, you know, just kind of going through his last respects for the animal. Yeah. And I had that bull standing at 35 yards in the wide open, and I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? That guy deserves to be harvested in all his glory. And I'm going to pass him. I would love to hunt that bull the next year. It would be interesting. So I let him walk. That's great. Yeah. Well, kind of, except I've only shot one bull. But I turned around eventually, and um, Wayne was with me and the camera guy, and they're like, what happened? And I'm like, I passed. And then Wayne is like, oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> like, I was wondering. <laughs> But I the camera guy you. had, yeah. yeah, but the camera guy had like National Geographic Discovery Channel Planet Earth footage of this fall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was skylined. It was unbelievable, and he was confused, like oh. he was saddened. So, but all the weight was lifted off my shoulder. Like three days later, Tiffany actually shot that bull at sixty yards and just smoked it. So. Nice. Um, she thanked me for passing it. I'm like, okay, perfect. But he's off of me now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about fishing, young man. Congratulations for being the NWT champion again in 2023. Compare it to how it went uh, in 2022. Easier, harder, more exciting? Did you screw up more? How did, that, how did the tournament go this year? Yeah, 2022 was like an absolute dream. You know, Great Lakes, a pattern that I developed for myself. And then for it to be blow the field away, I mean, that was like euphoria. Right. Um, this year, it was on basically my favorite walleye lake. Um, you know, I've been fishing it since 2000. And the big thing was, you know, first time I fished with forward-facing sonar. So um, long story short, when practice was over, I was literally blown away by how many big walleyes there were in Devil's Lake. Mm -hmm. So it ended up being exactly what I expected, like, Life, you know, unbelievable amount of walleyes. I had 20 different spots I wanted to hit. But the, with the big weather change, it was, I just knew it was going to come down to, like, who can stick and move, who can fish the cleanest and the smartest with their time yeah. come the tournament because everything was going to change. So um, after three days, it was basically that was the deal. That's what happened. Um, with one big asterisk, it was the fact that my travel partner found this one little back bay and we didn't even know the potential. He caught one 27-incher in there the last day of practice. And I checked it. I went in there on day one. I caught two big ones, six-and-a-half-pounders at the end of the day. I went in there with zero fish on day two, and I had that 39-pound, 12-ounce bag in like an hour and a half. It wow. was um, <laughs> with an 11-pound, 7-ounce walleye, like maybe the biggest walleye in Devil's Lake. Uh, my co-angler reeled in 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 this hour flurry so again a complete gift uh a gift from god in my world and then day three i had clinched angler of the year and i literally thought i let the tournament slip away i was completely fine with it uh i'm going to montana elk hunting for the next month and i went in and sure enough everybody had a tough day and i was sitting in the bump take like 
why did this happen? How is this happening? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why did this happen to me? But lo and behold, um, I won by like three pounds. I'll tell you, but to all of our listeners, of course, you're listening to John Hoyer, who fishes all the time and hunts all the time. It's obvious that John Hoyer is single. Mark, you got a question, don't you? <laughs> No, I just wanted to uh, say congratulations, and Devil's Lake is a huge partner of ours, so it's good to know that there's big fish swimming there. Uh, John, has anyone ever won back-to-back NWTs, or are you the first? Uh, No, they said that nobody's ever won back-to-back, and I don't think anyone's ever won the championship in AOI. So, yeah, it was like an an embarrassing amount of money that I won at the championship, and (laughs) the the board check and everything is usually cool, but... But it says like two hundred thousand dollars. I just couldn't help but be bashful about that. Yeah, I imagine. You think, geez, now all I want to do is fish. I would fish for nothing, you know. And yeah, we oh, pay. We pay to fish. <laughs> that's a thrill, young man. So now you're being smart with your money. I hope in the last two years, then you won three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, give or take, on the on two national tournaments. I pray to God you're being smart with his money. He's- well, the only thing I spend it on is gas, and uh, I don't use live bait. So I think I don't know how I could be any smarter with it. Yeah, you don't use now live bait. You can bait. blow That's, it on bow hunting. That's funny. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Since now we have a couple of minutes here, just maybe two minutes, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm going to Ely, Minnesota tomorrow. Going to fish a lake called Big Lake on Tuesday. It's a little bit north uh, east of Ely. A friend of mine owns uh, uh, a resort called the Lodge of the Whispering Pines on Big Lake. And I know there's walleyes in there. Give me some tips tomorrow. What do I do on Tuesday? How can I catch a, a couple of walleyes? Yeah, I mean, this is a classic time of year where it's like it's two things in my mind. If I had to go with two rods, it'd be simple. It'd be a glide bait. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a number seven jig wrap or a mid-sized Johnny darter or a shiver minnow. Uh, my two favorites would be the jig wrap or the Johnny darter. Um, throw it out there, let it hit bottom, give it a good hard pump, and then, like, throw in some little, just little light snaps and then hold your rod tip. So that action is going to activate them, you know, especially in clear water in Minnesota, and you'll be amazed how many you can catch on something like that. And then the other, the one-two punch would just be a classic, uh, you know, a rig and a big minnow. It can be a sucker. It'd be nice if it was a chub or a red tail, but... Those are like the two primary things I do in the fall for walleyes. All right, so in all that information, the advice you gave me, I know what a big minnow is. I have no idea what a jig wrap is or Johnny a Johnny Darter. A wrap. We've caught fish. Oh, we caught fish. Oh, that's what he – well, he, he shortened the name of it. I, that's, he's <laughs> the, a, pros, <laughs> the pros have abbreviations. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be 65, 70 degrees on Tuesday. I'm going to be on the water for the entire day. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm um, going to give it a shot. Just going to give it a shot. John, congratulations. We're, we're very happy for you. And um, – if you if you win three in a row, what is that called? Is that is that just the turkey, or is that are you uh, are you a legacy? What what do they call that if you win three in a row? Luckier than hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, I'll start buying lottery tickets daily if that happens. Oh, one more thing uh, all, to our listeners: watch Tour Level Gold if you want to follow John's path. It's a wonderful series. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, but are you happy with how that turned out this year? And when is the Devil's Lake uh, episode going to hit? I am over the moon happy with that. We are so proud of it. It's a reflection of more media companies' ability to edit it and shoot it. So, yeah, if your listeners haven't checked it out, uh, it's like Netflix quality yeah, it is. television is what all my friends and family and fans of it say. Um, 
Devil's Lake, I that's a good question. It should be out in the next week or so, but those guys went straight to hunting also. <laughs> so I have to send a little reminder text here that, hey, the people are asking. The fans are asking. Awesome. I can't wait to see All it. All right, Lon, we're going to wrap it up for a guy named Adam Jackson. The kid knows you, he said, because he's in your circle of friendship or something, and he knows a lot of people in your industry. He knows the, the guy who is a minky. Is that his name up on Leech Lake? He's on the NWT. Who's the guy from Leech Lake? I don't know. He's the Browning. Justin Minky. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. And uh, so he knows yeah. those guys. So uh, Adam Jackson said uh, he said he's met you a couple of times, and he says to say hi, congratulations. He's going to be on next, so listen to him. If you would, stick around. Hey, John Hoyer, take care of yourself. Congratulations. Get home safely. And enjoy your antelope meat. It's the best, kid. It's the best. It's the best there is. There is. <laughs> Take care, John. Thanks, guys. You bet. All right, be right back with Adam. I think it's Jackson. Did I see Jackson? I don't know. You I don't, don't get the details right. I don't. But some guy who is 16 year old. Yeah, yeah. We'll see in a while. <laughs> the keys to a brand new 2023 Can-Am Maverick Trail side-by-side. Listen every weekday at 7.50 for your keyword to win the Liberty Comfort Systems Four Wheels of Fun ATV giveaway. Get the full details at mybobcountry.com. Hey, I'll tell you what, it's almost fall, right? The fall colors are blooming all over the place, and i tell you what, it's the perfect time of the year to head to Ely, Minnesota. September and October still offer great open water fishing. Grouse hunting numbers are up, and Arrowhead Outdoors can help you with either one of them. Everyone knows that Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely on the east end of town is the best and biggest fishing, hunting, and camping store in the entire area. And Chris and Steve, you know as well as I do, they're two of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Whatever you need for the outdoors, Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota has it. You stop in and tell Chris and Steve that Strewman sent you. I appreciate it. Arrowhead Outdoors. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more. Total 
All right, we're back. Welcome, everybody, back to the Four Outdoorsmen. i got to tell you a story about uh, we're trying to reach Adam again. And if we can't reach him, that's too bad. We'll just BS here. i got to talk another story about, about our, our uh, trip to the uh, Albuquerque and the world's largest hot air balloon festival. I told you about this. I think we were in Albuquerque. I'm not even sure anymore. We were so many places in eight or nine days. We went to one of those, um, the Texas Roadhouse. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And I told it this place is like an ant farm. There's hundreds and hundreds of people. Boom, 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 boom. And they're bringing out steaks left and right, left and right. They fed 18 or 20 of us in a flash. Everybody got ribeyes. You don't order. You'll get ribeyes when you have a group like that. But we walk in, and there's a big stage. All right. Adam, are you there? I'm here. All right. Hang on a second. I'm telling a story. But you hang on. You can listen. I'm used to that. Yeah. Sit back and uh, sit back get a cocktail. And, yeah, yeah, open up a beer or something. But anyway, we're talking about... Albuquerque, my wife and I just came back from Albuquerque on a, on a wonderful tour with uh, Heart of the North Tours. And uh, we went to a Texas roadhouse. And as you walk in, there's an elevated stage with a timing big clock on there with a big table. And you can eat a steak. If you can eat a steak, a 72-ounce steak plus a baked potato plus a salad and I think a cookie for dessert, if you can do that in an hour, it's free. And if you don't do it, it costs you $75, what it would cost you for the hunk of meat. Throw in some hats for the kids. <laughs> anyway, so wow. uh, seven, that's four and a half I pounds. I can do it. I can do it. Yes, I think you could. I, I, honestly, God, I told the people, I got a buddy named Mark Lukey. You know, oh, he's, yeah. Yeah. He, anyway, so. My dad and I are the only guys to get kicked out of an all-you-can-eat rib restaurant. That's right. As a matter of fact, Mark Lukey, I love you, Mark. Uh, and Adam, you'll get a kick out of this. And Mark's not a, he's a big guy, 6'4". 340, okay. something like that. He's a big, big man. When he was a kid, he was not embarrassed to tell me that his dad took the whole family out for horseback riding. When they saw Mark, they said, uh-uh, pal, you're not getting on this <laughs> we horse. Are, we are all above the weight limit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody was small enough to get on the horse. <laughs> yeah, so Mark, Mike, uh, and, and Art and Kathy, Mark can't ever get on the bus with us, man. We, 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 no, he's fine. He's not that big of a man anymore. Anyway, so... Uh, we got there. We saw two guys walk up there, and they, boom, they start the clock, and they start eating this steak. One guy left after about 15 minutes, and I'm done. We didn't stay there yep. for the whole hour. They had maybe 10 minutes left, and one guy's still chewing on tomato, potatoes, and things. He might have been 80% through that thing, and he had about 10 minutes left. I can't picture what you would feel like <laughs> the next day eating four and a half That's pounds meat of meat. sweats right there. Holy balls. Yeah. Anyway. Adam Jackson, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Steve. So, so far, even one hell of a guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, Struz told me some crazy interesting stories on the ride here. You were a bush pilot in Alaska, is that true? No, 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 that's, no, that's, 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 that's Dan Hool. Oh. I I yeah, that's Dan Hool. No. Never mind that. <laughs> Struz, yeah. Struz isn't good at details. Yeah, that's I mean, how I met Dan Hool, though. Yeah, oh, that's okay. how I met Dan Hool. Now, when you were six, you're from Bemidji, right? And uh, you're 16 years old. You wanted to go to Alaska. What enticed you to go to Alaska in the first place? Just being in the outdoors, fishing, really. Yeah. Um, you know, spending time on the water and um, learning more about different kinds of fishing, I guess, and trout fishing specifically. How long did you, did you, you said you left when you were 16, did you wait, or did you wait till after high school to go out there and work full time for a while? Yeah, it was in between my junior and senior year that I went up there. So I had just turned uh, 18 and got a job as a 
just a lowly fishing guide up there, bottom of the bottom of the food chain, and uh, kind of stuck with it and learned a lot that first year. Didn't open my mouth too much and had my ears wide open and was a yes man and just uh, started started building off of that. And from there, where did you end up? And how long did you spend in Alaska? Now, did you spend when you turned eighteen? Did you spend your those years? in Alaska full-time or did you come back to the Bemidji every year or something like that? No, I always, I always returned home to, uh, to in between Bemidji and Walker there. Um, and, you know, spent my falls fishing on Leech, Winnie, and some of the smaller area lakes there, uh, and, and guided in the fall and in the spring, uh, before I'd go back up to Alaska, typically from mid-May until uh, mid-October. Boy, that's a, for a young single guy, that is life, boy. That's, not only are you earning a living, but you're, you're, you're learning a lot, and you're, you're, the experience has, it's, it's incomparable what you experienced. How many years did you do this before you came back to Minnesota? Well, uh, full-time, I, I resigned uh, from my post up there full-time in 2015. And that was with the advent of my wife and I's third child. It just got to be too much, and I was missing out on too much at home, and um, just decided to kind of buckle down and reinvent the wheel around around the homestead. Uh, I still go up and do stints anywhere from you know a month to two weeks. Did you? Uh, so you so you still get up there every year? Or you still got the same guys you can work yep. with? The, the door's yep. always open for you, right? You got it. That's crazy. You so you met Dan Hool up there, who's a bush pilot. I know he, he said, I, last year, I think it was maybe two years ago, there was in Ely, they had a windstorm. It destroyed his plane. It was in the <laughs> it water. Did. It destroyed his plane. It sank it right on the dock. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. I think he's got a new one now, but I have not been in it. But, he uh, sure does. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't I'm, like I'm to see that insurance claim. Uh, I, I did see that. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I'm going to get in that plane. Yeah, we should take that thing up when they get up there on Tuesday. Let's give it a shot. He wouldn't mind, I don't think. But anyway. <laughs> hey, no, I don't think he would. Yeah, yeah. So okay now you you were a fishing guide up there. Were you a whitewater guide as well? Nope, just uh, just fishing. Yeah. Yeah, primarily. Uh, I did uh, a lot of bird hunting. Um, I had my waterfall guide license up there. I did a lot of coastal duck hunting, a uh, little bit of inland duck hunting, a lot of uh, ptarmigan hunting. Um, I did three years of uh, assistant hunting guide hunting. Uh, to be a, a master guide in Alaska takes about five years, and you pretty much have to wait for somebody to pass away or retire. Yeah, before you can. It's kind of like getting Green Bay Packer tickets, right? <laughs> Same What's thing. What's that? It's kind of like Green Bay Packer yeah. tickets. Someone's got to die before you can get your season tickets. Yep. <laughs> you got it. But, All right, so, uh, so, I spent three years uh, doing the big game thing up there. Three falls i guess i should say and um it just really wasn't my cup of tea i love to hunt i love to archery hunt i love to you know um take large game animals but um guiding for him was just a, a a different cup of tea did you um i don't know if you listened to the first interview at all with john hoyer who's nuts i love the man he's just a great great interview every time but yeah yeah and he yeah. Uh, yeah he went out uh, elk hunting and and uh i didn't get into it well, well he, Next time he's in town, we'll have a beer and hear the whole story. But uh, he shot a shot an elk, but he didn't. Uh, they didn't get it. So that's I think that's got to be kind of rare with an a bow and arrow. Got to be fairly close to you. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, it happens. Though I mean, there's uh, you know everybody's got one of those stories in their uh, in their quiver. We hate to dredge them up, but you know. 
Well, tell us, now, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You spent a lot of years up in Alaska for five, six months every year. Tell us your most interesting big game hunt you were ever on. Your most interesting uh, most story. Interesting. I had a, uh, a client come up, um, would have been about 2003. Uh, he was from a southern state, and uh, he come had uh, come up to the lodge there to the camp, and he had, uh, you know, all the all the filth and luggage, and was wearing a pair of penny loafers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He got off the plane. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he was. I mean, he didn't really want to get out of the boat. We'll put it that way. We used the boat to go up river and get out in different areas. Right. And, you know, do some hikes and right. start glassing and calling. And uh, yeah, he just didn't really want to put in the effort. And actually, that was kind of the the nail in the coffin for my big game hunting career right there. He ended up shooting a really nice moose, um, about a 71 incher. And, uh, he didn't want to, he didn't want to pack a one piece of it out. Oh boy. So, <laughs> oh boy. He just wanted a leisurely boat cruise and, yeah. and shoot anything he saw. Yep. yep exactly. <laughs> now he, now he, now he <laughs> considers himself a big game hunter, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. You got it. I'm sure that thing's right above his fireplace and he's got all kinds of stories to tell about. Yeah. It. Oh, yeah. I hiked for 45 miles yeah, into yeah, the bush. Yeah. Isn't that yeah, something? You, I, would, you wouldn't believe the recoil on that 338, 378 Weatherby. <laughs> 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 That's a wonderful story. You know, it's, I've sold real estate for 34 years, and just like you in, in guiding, I told my wife about six, seven, eight years ago, there's going to be one incident in my business where I'm going to say, screw all you folks, I'm out of here. And it did happen. There's one particular lady I was working with, and Diana knows who it is. And when I have a beer with you on Monday or Tuesday up in Ely, I'll tell you this story. Enough's enough. And right. Uh, you're right about that. You're right <laughs> about that. Hey, let's talk about now, how did you end up? Dan Hooley met in uh, Alaska. He's a friend of mine from Ely, Minnesota. And he's got, yep. you know, he now owns the, uh, uh, the Lodge of Whispering Pines up on Big Lake there, just north of Ely a little bit. How did you get rehooked up with Dan and end up there right now? And are you just taking care of the place uh, until Dan gets back from his? I am. Okay. okay. So, so how did you guys yep, get hooked yep, up together nope. again? Well, how did He's, you guys uh, meet again? Well, we met up in Alaska my freshman year. He was uh, a bush pilot up there, and uh, he was flying at the lodge that I was as was working at. And uh, you know, we just had brief encounters. Um, didn't really, you know, connect real solidly. And uh, I guess. Probably about eight years later, um, I met his daughter up there, and we became friends. And one day we were at the Northwest Sports Show, and uh, she walked by the booth, and I said, Hey, Michelle, hey, come over here. Hey, hey, good to see you. And she goes, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me introduce you to my dad. So we went over, and uh, she introduced me to Dan Houle, and I said, I've known your dad for about boy, eight or 10 years, I suppose. That's funny. <laughs> or known of him anyways, and met him a few times, and worked with him for a part of a season. And, um, you know, and then after that, we became uh, pretty fast friends again and rekindled our, our relationship. And um, we were actually in need of a, a beaver pilot up there in 2015. And uh, I called Dan who I said, hey, you want to get current and come up and fly? And he said, absolutely. Yeah. Good for you, man. Have you ever considered getting your own pilot's license? I have. I got about 
uh, 400 hours of time in right now on my logbook, and uh, I just I have, <laughs> I have a uh, a medical issue that's not allowing me to uh, get my medical currently, so it's kind of holding me back a little bit. Well, I had a uh, a DWI in in 2008, which I'm not too proud of, but uh, it happened, and uh, it uh, set me back on it. Uh, you have to do a psych evaluation from a FAA certified um, psychiatrist that specializes in uh, aerospace medicine and chemical <laughs> dependency. And, and uh, they're readily available in Ely. Shrink time. What's that? Are they just readily available in Ely? People with that specific uh, background. Yeah. No. There's uh, there's three of them in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in, there's one on the east coast, uh, one actually down at Mayo, and one on the west coast. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? How something like that. Of course, we've all done stupid things in our lives, and I'm one of the guys who's been lucky who's never gotten busted for doing some of the stupid stuff. But how that could hold you back for ten, fifteen, twenty years, which it was one incident, yep. it has nothing to do with where you are today. That seems so un- seems so unfair. Yeah. It's the it's the FAA, my friend. They are very tight. Yeah. All right. So uh, they don't uh, they don't look lightly on any of that. So uh, you are taking Struman out fishing this week. What's what's the plan of the tack? Are you gonna you gonna get him a state record or what? I don't know. You know, I've I have minimal time on this water uh, up here. It is beautiful water, and I tell you what, I've been up here in the spring, and uh, I have been. I've fished a few times and, and have caught fish, but I tell you what, there's guys that know how to fish this lake, and they come back with beautiful fish, and a lot of them. Um, the, it seems like the fish cleaning house is always full of guys cleaning fish, and the gut buckets are always full. Um, I was out yesterday and today with my two daughters, and uh, this evening, right at about 545, uh, we are getting ready to pull the pin and come back in, and I'd been sitting on top of some fish, and all of a sudden they started going, and it was one, two, three, four. That's fun. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll tell you what. It's look, we, John Hoyer just talked about it. It's not the destination. It's a journey. If I go up there with my buddy Bob yep. and meet you in town maybe tomorrow for a beer before we head up toward toward Big Lake, uh, we're going to have meet Steve uh, Renneberg from Arrowhead Outdoors in town, have a bite to eat and a beer and tell some stories and uh, – uh, you know, if we catch fish, fine. If you don't, it's supposed to be a gorgeous day on Tuesday. I just want to get outside, and, and I'm excited for the opportunity. So thanks to uh, to uh, Dan Hool, for, uh, who's the owner of uh, yeah. the Lodge of the Whispering Pines up there. And um, I'm excited to take my buddy Bob up there because he's a crappie addict. And uh, so if, awesome. anyone, if anybody can catch crappies, Rocket Man Bob Krejci can. So, and our buddy John Hoyer gave me some tips for the walleyes. Uh, jigging rap and a, and a Johnny Darter. I said, "Well, shit, I gotta find it." Oh, I'm sorry, I gotta find. I gotta find what. I gotta ask somebody what the hell it is. You know. All right, listen, we gotta go. You up, hey, sure. you got a connection at Arrowhead out there. I I do. Steve Renneberg will take care of me. I tell you what, Adam. Thanks a lot for being so nice and joining us on short notice like this. I'll give you a call tomorrow. Yeah, you got it. I'll give you a call tomorrow when we're on the way up. Looking forward to meeting you and uh, well, let's have a good time, pal. Likewise. Thanks, All right, take Steve. care, sir. We'll see. You, you bet. A lot of fun. Thanks to Adam Jackson and John Hoyer, uh, all of my friends from Heart of the North Tours, my bus driver Steve with that German Braille name, whatever the hell that was, and uh, 
Braille G. I don't Braille G, but <laughs> take care, everybody. Have a great week. Sign it off and listen every week if you can. My Bob Country at 6 o'clock every Sunday night. In the meantime, have a great week. My buddy Mark Lukey's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories. <laughs>